0: Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 6, titled Off Brand. What'd you think of this episode, Aaron?
1: Uh, I really liked it. It was, and and it was, man, it wasn't, I don't know, ah. (laughs) Why did I like it so much? Okay. It's a good question, because I did too. It's a slower-paced episode, but I guess for the first time in a long time, they kind of threw a surprise at me that delighted me. Like the, the, Saul fact, Goodman. the fact that Saul Goodman—it wasn't any kind of complex legal chicanery. It wasn't a force out of H.H.M. Right. It wasn't his brother's death. It or was something. It, well, yeah. It was just him pulling something out of his ass to do this yeah. career as a two-bit movie commercial director. The or, mother of necessity, right? Yeah. Or the. Necessity's mother of invention. Yeah. And he invented this name. And I, I don't know about you, but I have a soft spot for kind of like local advertising. Like, it's mm-hmm. one of the pleasures of watching live TVs to see, oh, God, here comes yeah. Bueller's Ford, and what are they going to come up <laughs> with this time? So, like... Keller and Keller. Yeah. It, I, I feel like that... Um, this feels right for a transition period for Jimmy. And it also kind of upsets a lot of apple carts as far as like, how does Kim feel about it? It also develops the nacho plot line, which has kind of been floundering for almost an entire season now. So even though it's hard to put a finger on exactly why I liked it so much, I guess it just felt like a breath of fresh air and, in entirely yeah. unexpected directions. And, and I enjoyed it for that. And and also there's enough of uh old familiar nods to, to kind of make the Breaking Bad fan in me happy. What about you? Uh,
0: yeah, I, so I like it for all those reasons. I also think uh, it got a lot more plate spinning, which is interesting to me um, with with the creators of this show right. being as good as I know they are at you know, kind of paying off that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when they get a lot of gears in motion, you, you see a machine work really, really well, and right that's kind of what i'm hoping we get toward the end of this season is um you you know the the stuff that they're setting up now causing real problems and real drama for the characters at the end of the season right uh and so i'm excited to see the beginning of that and i think um you know i some people i think have a problem at this point with so many of of the breaking bad characters coming in but honestly i for some reason i don't mind it i minded it at the beginning and i think um I don't know if I was talking with you on the podcast about this or with my girlfriend at home. Um it's it has to do with like the artificiality of putting the characters in there, right? Right. Because now like at the beginning of the the series it <clears throat> felt like, oh, we're just seeing Tuco for the sake of seeing Tuco. Yeah. Whereas now it feels like, okay, all the pieces are coming together. We know that these things had to have happened at some point in the yes. past. And we're just naturally seeing them, and yeah. So it works really it's, well. It's for me. like
1: finding out Darth Vader built C three PO and that yeah. Chewbacca and Yoda were best buds. Like, really? An uh-huh. entire fucking like like of all the the doors you knock on, it's Tuco's grandma's door, it, right? Whereas this is like, yeah, of course. Once once Mike and and Saul slash Jimmy meet up, which you knew they were going to, yeah. All these other connections come built in. Mm-hmm. It, it it still feels like shoving Tuco in that first season. Was a big misstep because those I think are also so, yeah. my two least favorite episodes of Better Call Saul. Yep. But I guess you got to shoot a pilot, and you got to get people hooked, and you got to do all <laughs> right. that. And and they and I don't think they really knew what the show was going to be about. But um, mm. if this is rounding into, because a lot of people forget that you know even Breaking Bad wasn't Breaking Bad. As a lot of people imagine it until late season three and especially season four when it really kicks into high gear. Mm -hmm. I mean, if this is going to pivot like that, away from the small time, more towards something that's big, you know, and you've got plots on several fronts that bear um, watching, uh, I think it's super cool. And it seems like it's kind of maybe energized the crew too, because I was on the Insider podcast. They were talking about how they've never really had to shuffle B plots. Yeah, and that and that how that's kind of like a new a challenge for him because you know Breaking Bad everything was an a plot even right. Jesse stuff was really an a plot and sky and Hank and all that they were, they were all treated with the gravitas of like you know m- main characters there weren't any like Jordy and Deanna Troy episodes or Beverly Crusher episodes they were all uh-huh. Kirk and Picard to, or and and Riker to to Vince and, and company so yeah this is an you know like the Stacey and Mike stuff that's a c plot but it's a really good C plot Mm -hmm. and Nacho and his struggles to maintain his father's separation from the enterprise and his, you know, little things he has to do like kick his buddy's ass. um, Those are B plots, but they're really, really good B plots. So uh, I, I mean, if, if last episode was the one, the best um, better call Saul's of of all time, I think this, I hope uh, kind of, I would like to see this episode be kind of like the standard benchmark for all regular episodes of Better Call Saul. Yeah, you like,
0: like them mixing it up, having multiple multiple plots. I'm just saying, like, episode. all of
1: these, like, everything just felt like it was sinking, and there was no yeah. time where, like, something little, like, drag. And I never felt like... Um, there was any filler like some of the Mm -hmm. montages have felt a little uh, indulgent in the early going of this season and felt like they were deliberately stretching things out and and it worked because mike is kind of you know a really fascinating character and jimmy you know uh, bob odenkirk is funny but you can cut to like mike and stacy just hanging out and developing character or nacho sewing his thumb up in a sewing machine like that's i think fundamentally more interesting than spending 10 minutes watching mike Trudge through the desert roads of uh, Albuquerque. Sure,
0: yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm all about the character drama. Uh, the the other thing I think they do really good, uh, really well here is um, they they have set Saul up in a in a place where, or Jimmy up in a place where his own tendencies are going to be his worst, be his downfall essentially, or could potentially be. Right. Um, because we've seen the way he makes commercials, right? Mm-hmm. This is a guy who breaks laws to make commercials. Sure. So now he's in the ad game, like, full-fledged. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in some serious trouble if he continues making commercials the same way he's making he's made them in the past.
1: Yeah, I wonder. Um, because he can actually... I, uh, the thing Here's the crucial difference. I mean, he trespassed that, on a military base. But here's he's the trespassed thing, on school grounds. That was a really good commercial. That thing looked like a million bucks. It had, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> compared to the compared shit for produced this, this and, episode? And compared to his Better Call Saul, I wonder yeah, yeah. if, like, he has kind of backed into this quick and dirty gonzo style of, of television commercial directing and that sure. he's not going to be doing things like sneak on a military base uh, and illegally using an elementary school as a black backdrop and... I mean, we don't see him get permission to use the TV studio here. No, but also we didn't see him hot wire fences or mm-hmm. you know shit. I've I've seen those installations here and there and everywhere, and it doesn't seem like you have to.
0: I'm just saying he has a tendency to do that, You're... and they've shown it to us in the show before. So, and I'm I'm, I'm hearing you, and that's
1: certainly. So, but I'm also showing the other side of where it might not go <laughs> that way because uh-huh. I I mean he cl- here's the thing he clearly doesn't l- lose his legal license. Right. They have a year of keel cooling which i suspect they're going to do you know they're going to get they're going to get this season to a point where they can kind of put things on mothball for a while and maybe we're going to be treated to a big time jump but like i just don't know how much are they really going to do like a full season of jimmy the television commercial producer i mean i'd be down for that
0: and how does he make the pivot from ad man jimmy to lawyer jimmy or ad man better call saul the lawyer better call Saul. Yeah, know? I mean that's a that's a big pivot when because because we see in this episode like everybody knows him as Gimme Jimmy, right? Right, and and he he's kind of fond of that. No, so now he's going to become known as
1: Saul Goodman, the ad man. Right, and then pivot. How to... does he?
0: How does he? Yeah, change directions there.
1: I mean, that'll be interesting. That that will be interesting to see. Um, but I just and. and I I don't know if this is something that we talked about or something I heard on another podcast or what, but like that Jimmy's a guy who likes the beginnings of things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like he likes the idea of things and he's always thinking about the next scam, the next thing. And when he finally gets there, like, you know, he's perpetually the guy who's pulling one last, one last heist and then he does that and he gets, uh, starts getting itchy fingers again. Um, It seems like this career fits him like a glove. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't end up staying with it. So why is it because yeah. you know dealing with this kind of small town, small minded entrepreneur? But like I've I've done web design for these people back when I was starting my 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 tech career. Yeah, it's rough, and it's it's miserable because they don't want to spend any goddamn money. They want it to look amazing, and their tastes are terrible. Uh-huh. So I can see just like him getting Elder Law thinking like, oh, look at this. I backed into this this amazing thing and I can take this down and go Davis and Maine. And then he gets in it and it's a lot of, you know, kissing old people's ass and but being buttoned down and hard work. And, you know, he doesn't – he can't color outside the lines. I just wonder if there's going to be that kind of – he's going to bump up against the FCC maybe or he's going to bump up against just the fact that his clients are all a bunch of weird – you know, carpet and tile salespeople, and uh, it, and, and he's going to get tired of it and and then go back to law. But like, yeah, and he's lo- using a
0: loophole in the contract essentially, yeah. giving away airtime for free. I'm sure that's probably
1: technically legal. Um, well, but that's the thing. Like, but it's borderline. It's it, there's, I don't know. It's like one of those. It sounds like a, something a sea lawyer would come up with. With <laughs> like, you know, it's like. You know, like, if you just take a plain reading of the law and add a little bit of common... No, fuckers, you don't know the... Like, I it's surprising that... J, I guess if Jimmy's saying it, he knows enough about the law, he's probably in the clear. But if, if anyone else had said that, I'd be like, yeah, you should probably check all the relevant case law and how many people have been sued and mm-hmm. how much money it's going to cost to defend you. Because it does seem like uh, if you had that contract... Uh, that they would specifically not want you to do that that particular thing.
0: Yeah, and we know this doesn't happen, but you could see if his business as the ad man becomes successful enough, what does he even care? Right. You know. Although, no the the PDP or the PPD yeah uh, would actually send him to prison if he mm. broke it. So yeah, yeah, he's got to watch out.
1: Yeah, he does. And that's the thing. It's just like, you know, if you ever hear guys like, oh, I'm not taking money, I'm I'm bartering and I'm taking chickens. <laughs> and it's like, well, the IRS right. will come and want to know the fair cash value for your fucking chickens. Uh-huh. Pay that in taxes. You can't pay, you know, like it all comes down to dollars and cents eventually. And you can't get away from these things forever. Mm-hmm. Hey, we've got a lot of things going on this week, like every week at baldmove.com. Uh, we've, uh, in addition to the big three, Fargo, the leftovers, better call Saul. Uh we also either this week or next week have a twin peaks uh retrospective podcast looking over the classic series and kind of uh, preparation for the for the new one it 's a community commission podcast. We've got Alien Covenant, uh, a pretty uh, highly coveted, covenanted, uh, <laughs> good, anticipated. good effort. Thanks. I applaud the effort. Thanks. Just, mm. I'll take it. I'll take okay. I'll take the, <laughs> uh, the participation medal from you. Uh, but a highly anticipated summer blockbuster movie I'm excited for. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm always down for a new uh, Alien uh, movie. Uh, that's coming out Thursday night, uh, the regular review for everyone, the uh, spoiler-filled one for the club members. Uh, and also we've got... Uh, Speaking the big three, each week, Jim and I are doing this little segment. It's it's silly. It's dumb. It's kind of fun. Who won the week? Uh, we we take Fargo, The Leftovers, and Better Call Saul. We compare them, and we decide who won that week. And last week is a split decision. Yeah. Uh, that uh, it, it kind of ebbs and flows. So if you're a fan of those three shows, you want to participate in that. Also, Cecily and I will be having – I can't remember if it's going to be the end of this week or early next week. We'll have uh, updates about – uh The Handmaids Tale and American Gods, which uh, I, i'm I'm a lot more enamored with after three episodes. I, f- I finally figure out I, uh, finally figuring out where where I'm supposed to be doing in this 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 uh, series. So uh, we got that to look forward to at baldmove.com. Should we get into the recap? I suppose we should. All right, we start off with Nacho collecting from
0: his dealers uh, Crazy Eight's light this week, which is not good for him. Uh, Nacho was gonna let it go, but Hector gives him some shit uh from the the bleachers there uh and he takes crazy eight in the kitchen and he beats him and then later nacho's working at his father's upholstery company and he runs the sewing machine right through his hand as he's thinking about the situation he's in
1: yeah man this is the most brutal off-screen ass kicking since (laughs) happy gilmore's boss tuned up shooter mcgavin for stealing the gold jacket like it Did just went on forever. There was a lot of like really sickening, wet smacking noises and desperate screams from poor Domingo here. Uh-huh. Uh it's a bad it's a it's a bad scene, man. Yeah. And and here's the thing. Uh you see where Tuco gets it from? Like he he is the anti Gus. He is uh someone on Reddit said he's he's in an unfortunate position because he's risen to the level where you need to be a bit more of a businessman than a gangster. Mm-hmm. But being the gangster is what got him to the position he's at. And he doesn't know how to do it any other way.
0: Yeah. And being the son of, of this dude of, mm-hmm. or not the son, the, the nephew mm-hmm. of Hector, um, you know, he's, he's certainly been influenced. Like I can see an unruly kid who goes under the wing of Hector and turns. Oh into two yeah. Goat.
1: Yeah. Hell it uh, might be genetic. Yeah, um, but you know this 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 guy has zero chill about it because mm-hmm. you know that's the thing. Um, it would be bad. Like I, I understand it's breakage, man. I know. I know. Right. Jesus right. Christ. Like let a it smart slide one like, week. and and I know that there's like you're dealing with criminals, so they're going to try to scam you all the time, and you can't appear weak. But it seems like there'd be some kind of metric where, like, okay, we let it slide this week. If this ever happens again. Then it's your ass.
0: Yeah, if you say you're coming back next week with double the payment, yeah. you come back next week with double the payment, or you get right. your ass beat.
1: And what I think is really interesting is we later in Breaking Bad find out the Crazy Eights turned criminal informant. Yeah, and yeah. you gotta wonder if it's not shit like this. You know, uh, he got into this business and his his buddy recommended him, and he's still like the nice boy from Tampico Furniture, and he yeah. turns into some f- fucking thug, like hard looking thug, but. He's also, you know, turning turning criminal informant on the uh, Salamanca Empire. So, yeah. what good ultimately did beating his ass for a few hundred bucks do for you, there, Hector? Also, Hector, uh, while I'm getting out business, uh, you know, career advice, uh-huh. uh, you're still rubber banding your your bank. <laughs> right, right. Your boss told you to stop doing that. Like uh-huh. I'm super. Maybe surprised. they'll repack it before they yeah hand it over. Like I, I wouldn't. I. I wouldn't be surprised if Hector's crippling doesn't come apart. Like, like, I, There's so many people that would want him dead at this point. Like Aladio probably doesn't like him. Yeah. Uh, who was the other Don that he's kind of like his uh, equal? Bolsa? Yeah, Juan yeah. Bolsa. Uh, Don Juan Bolsa, Don I think, Juan. is his actual <laughs> name. Um, <laughs> you know, Mike would want him dead. Yeah. Gus Nacho wants him dead. Wants him Nacho dead wants now. him dead. Crazy 8 probably wants him. Well, of course, Crazy 8 wouldn't know why. Yeah. What? What? Why he got the 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 ass whipping? A lot of people, though. You're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and it's shit like this. You know, he's just sloppy. He's he thinks he's he's just laying down the law to keep people in line. But right. what he's really doing is undermining the trust that they have in him
1: and that's that's what always brings down this this fucking paranoia like if you've watched any any anything Godfather, casino scarface the wire Mm -hmm. it's always this paranoid bullshit that 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 brings down to criminal uh, organizations yeah uh the cops essentially just kind of apply pressure until the whole thing explodes and no one has any chill or cool because they're all fucking idiot criminals (laughs) and uh, except for Gus. And then you just need a really smart, nerdy science teacher to, to bring him down. Um, I don't know. I, although I do see a little bit of Hector's point because, uh, you know, Crazy Eight pulls up in this baller classic Chevy ride. Mm-hmm. Probably worth a million bucks. Like, can you, can, you know. If, where's,
0: if, where's my money going? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, you could have come, you could have, like, you know, uh, I don't know, sold your car. And taken out of that in and then, you know, when you get fat again, buy another baller car. Uh, but instead we're gonna take it out of your ass. So Yeah. Maybe you should have uh, pulled up in, in a in his his dad's shitty what is it, uh Cavalier? He said he said I'm gonna bring my dad's uh Corolla. Maybe really? you should have borrowed dad's Corolla and showed up at the busted ass seat and then been like, Ah, oh, you know, I did everything I can, man. Yeah. You might even got Nacho to upholster it for you. <laughs> Who knows?
0: Uh, the other thing I couldn't help but notice here is Hector kind of does nothing anymore, which I, I envy that position. You know, it's it's like he set up his operation; it's running, however well you think it's running, uh, and he can kind of step back and just do the high level stuff, right?
1: Just like fuck things up.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not good at it, <laughs> but mm-hmm. he's definitely like
1: in the managerial, like oversight role here. It's too bad because Nacho should be running this department, he should, and, yeah. and Hector should be enforcement.
0: Or cash and
1: checks, like whatever. Like, yeah. Get him out of here. He's yeah. a bad, bad seed, man. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe that green top is going to be the salvation. Maybe. Uh, so, this first guy who's in there, did you recognize him? Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me to find out he was in the crew that ended up shooting combo. I th- so I think that's who it is. I meant to. I'm I meant almost to, positive. Did he say it on the insider podcast? Because I don't. I I listened to the whole thing with fairly undivided attention, and I didn't. I, I don't remember them saying that.
0: Yeah, I don't remember them saying it either. Which is strange because I mean it looks like that guy. Yeah. To me, it as I remember be. him now, I didn't go back and watch that's the saying. episode um, that I know he was in when they kill combo. Right. Um, and when Jesse's like trying to track down the people who did
1: kill Combo, but there's so many. He could have been one of the dudes hanging out in Tuco's upstairs cinder block fortress that got blown up by Walt. It, who, who the hell knows? I mean, he's got a pretty specific look, and I think I remember seeing him in that car,
0: um, which is surprising because I think at that point he's working for Gus, right? So,
1: well, I think yeah, the the, the Gus
0: eventually takes over. Yeah. Everything. It it seems like at some point he just completely usurps Hector's end of of the meth arrangement they've got going here in Albuquerque. So it makes me wonder how that happens and why that happens. Like, is it because of Hector's health problems? Because we know that there's a possibility that Hector knows it was Gus, if this is the case, who did something to him Mm -hmm. um, to to put him in a wheelchair or whatever, make him unable to speak. Maybe he can't just tell somebody that, though. Right. Um But it's clear that the people he's working with, like Donald Audio, don't think that, right? Right. So somehow he takes over Hector's into the business without just blowing up that entire relationship.
1: I mean, I I kind of feel like that I see all the pieces. Like, it's it's part of his mic problems, part of his health problems, part of the fact that he is running the company poorly. But, like... You know, if you got to you've got to bet a horse between Hector and and Gus, you're going to pick oh. Gus, and then yeah. you throw Hector in a wheelchair and forget about it. Also, maybe Tuco him out, Tuco yeah. being in prison uh, essentially up until Breaking Bad starts, like that's the other hothead you have to worry about. The cousins maybe, but I don't. It seems like they're more a Mexico kind of thing. Yeah, then only go north of the border when there's some sort of some. They're like the Luca Brazi of this organization. There's an old you man. Break, you only unleash them when there's some killing to be done, and then you put them back. And cage right so i i feel like all the pieces are there we don't know how they exactly connect but you know gus is just out competing him Mm -hmm. out competing the shit out of him yeah, for sure, and and it seems like you know Hector is fighting back
0: in a fairly ineffective manner. Yes, and you know, he's, he's distracted. taking an extra brick. He's
1: sticking it to Gus.
0: Yeah, like, and and thinking, oh, I bet he wetted fly. his
1: pants. Gus wasn't even fucking there because he's on to the next one, old man. Right, and he's he doesn't care about your stupid shit. He's giving you what you want for now, yeah. and then. And his fronts on a fucking fish taco stand. It's not an ice cream parlor. It's not and a It's not an upholstery thing <laughs> ran out of some shitty garage in the meatpacking district of Albuquerque. Yeah. It's a fucking giant laundromat. And a franchise operation a fra- Yes. Like, yes. Jesus. <laughs> next level. Next level Think yeah. next level. Uh Donaladio's got to appreciate that as well, I assume. Yeah, although he seems like he's kind of a fucking idiot too. Well, I mean, I get you a very, show him the money. He yeah, but he's he gets kind of it. like like this kind of like you know rich dandy vibe. Like you know how yeah. long's it been since he's gotten his hands dirty or done anything but swim in his pool and gotten his dick sucked and done rails of cocaine. Long time. Long time. Long time. Long time. Long time.
0: But Hector's not bringing in the money
1: anymore. So yeah, problem. Yeah, and uh, when he does, it's all fucking rubber banded. <laughs> right. That's not hygienic. <laughs> It's got taco grease all over it, beef, just <laughs>
0: uh, beef in the rolls. All right. Kim delivers the closing arguments in Jimmy's defense, noting how much care he has given to his brother over the years. As Rebecca goes to Chuck's house to try and speak with him, he doesn't answer the door. And then later, Kim and Jimmy are celebrating when Rebecca shows up at their office to ask Jimmy to help her contact Chuck. But Jimmy says fuck
1: Chuck. Uh, hashtag fuck Chuck. I'm also also starting a new hashtag fuck Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. Can you like here's the problem with fucking narcissists like Chuck is if you God forbid, if you're the brother, sister, uh, son or daughter Uh, Employee, Like, these people, you know, they look like they're just, like, saints on the outside, and they're, like, you know, like, oh, they need you, and they're so... Like, you don't even fucking know. Yeah,
0: get the fuck out of here. You don't know anything about this situation. Right, right. Nothing. You've been gone for five, ten years, whatever it is. Right,
1: right. Jesus Christ, lady. Yeah, like, just this... And the fact that she... I I still think it's crazy that they suspected that she was going to hate Jimmy for this. And it sounds like she does, but like mm-hmm. give me a fucking break. You were there. Yeah. You were there in the court. and yes, yes, Chuck is crazy. He needs help, but it can't be me. Do you understand that? Yeah. Do you understand, like, I'm trying to get my bar license unsuspended, and if I go anywhere within 100 yards of this guy, it's dangerous for me? He's can get sucked back in. Like, That's... I can understand her showing up and asking. What yeah. I cannot abide is what a th- – how fucking entitled yeah. she and therefore oh. Chuck is about the request. It's not a request. It's like, well, yeah. I just asked you to be nice. I didn't think you'd be an asshole and say no. Like, get the fuck out of here, lady. Yeah. When she says you owe him, I'm like,
0: oh. fuck you. And I, I was like, literally cheering that Jimmy stuck to his. Guns I might have here. been shouting
1: at the screen la- yeah. when I watched yeah. it because I. That's just is like, time to do what's right. Yeah. 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 No. no. And how Good Howard, for you, Jimmy. how Howard sucks this shit up and turns it into thirty five year old Scotch, I'll never know. The Howard man, knows Chuck. The, he's, a, he's got, he's, got uh, he's, he's probably a piece of work too. I bet his old man's yeah. just like Chuck and he's just like fucking been created in a laboratory to put up with <laughs> Chuck's bullshit.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, so the argument here, I guess, in Kim's defense of him is that Jimmy snapped, but the destruction of evidence did not happen. There was no premeditated motivation. He essentially went over to the house out of anger and yeah, he like, destroyed this tape. He broke not,
1: the law, but he didn't like not knowing what was on it. He, what was, he didn't do anything like an officer of the like, like any special crime that an officer of the court could commit. Like he didn't destroy Evan. He, right. He, 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 he didn't lost the his ethics temper. Of the he law. lost his temper.
0: Yeah. Um. So I guess that works for me. I'm surprised they didn't go with the, I mean, they kind of did, but they gloss over it, the idea that this isn't even evidence, right? Right. Because Chuck was playing, was play-acting, as he says. Jimmy was play-acting, as he says. Yeah. So I guess that nullifies the evidence. Hmm. Um, Then we go over to Stacy dragging Mike to group therapy to be with her as she talks about Maddie. And afterward, she asks him to volunteer his time to pour concrete for the church's playground, and he agrees. I got to say... It's a little insulting what I think Stacy's doing
1: here. Oh, okay, because uh, I thought I might have to sell you on this. For, you're first of all,
0: head. but it's doubly insulting because she says you and Maddie built a carport when he was little. And I'm like, that's 112 years ago, lady. <laughs> this man has been, his knees are that's the size of melons. That's his did touch his shoulders. Yeah, this this man can't bend down, let alone pour concrete. Right, right. You are an asshole for asking him to do this. Yeah, you
1: just sit and send the hard labor. But he's right. He does love it. Um, he does. He's connected like with my his family. my dad's got the same mental illness. He's like uh, oh. 70s, it's, oh, in his in his seventies, and he just had a fucking quadruple by heart bypass or however, whatever the max. Maybe it was five. Um, and he just can't. He's he's already doing just improbable amounts of work up in his, his farm in Kokomo. It's like what, What? why? Why? Go watch television all day, all day. That's not good for your heart. I well I mean it's it's being sedentary is like I'll he'll, he'll probably out, out outlive me, but um I'm just like, yeah, he just I don't I don't see how or why they they keep pushing their bodies that way, but Yeah. Um anyway, I thought you were going in a different direction on Well, this. I kind of am. Okay. Is this more manipulation from Mike's daughter or daughter-in-law? That's a big question because back when we heard the shots fired thing, like was she, del- was, you know, she's clearly got some kind of traumatic stress about the death of her husband, and rightfully so. And she's going to the support group, and she's also trying to get Mike to go stealth mm-hmm. uh, and get involved in this community because she thinks he could probably use with a little bit of talk therapy. And and to be honest, he he could, <laughs> but he really would but benefit come on. from it. It's Mike. It's Mike. He's 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 not he's not going to do that. So no. The question is did Mike and it's tragic either in any answer, because um, Seppenwall laid out two of these. Like, did Mike forget that did all this bullshit with the corrupt cops and his son's death and these gangsters? Has he forgotten this sweet innocent moment with his boy? Uh, did Maddie make a story up to to make his old man look larger in life in in uh Stacy's eyes?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Did Stacy make this up to manipulate Mike for whatever reason? Maybe because she just wants the the playground to be nicer. Like, is she is she deliberately manipulating him, or is she trying to like like is she is she manipulating him for his own good, for her good? Like, I, I don't know. It's it's complicated, and Mike clearly it is clearly enjoys spending time with her and his family and, and taking care of his son's family like that's the thing like it's like it's the least I can do now and he 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 enjoys doing that and he really responds when stacy butters him up but i I am wondering like what exactly her game is here
0: right so I'll, it depends on what you think of stacy as a person like how conniving is stacy so I don't really- last Okay, go ahead. L- last episode, you remember the scene where they're they're watching a movie yeah, sure. or whatever, and ice, the ice cream. cream. And she's worried about him. She's worried
1: about him, right? So and I thought that was genuine.
0: Yeah. So if you read into that, uh, this scene with that perspective, you can kind of see a woman who's trying to get him out of his shell, right? Exactly. And participate in this group therapy, g- get a community around him, get yeah, him involved have with him the people, in
1: something b- bigger than himself,
0: right? And I can totally see that as an altruistic thing for her to right. do. Now, the other option is. She sees that something's bothering him and says, hmm, maybe I can take advantage of this. True. Maybe the church can get a new playground <laughs> Yeah, out of this. I, and, I just, or it could be the show just giving Mike excuses, building up to another excuse for him to make a bunch of money. Yeah. Because he's, he's got to do some work for Gus eventually.
1: Yeah. I mean, my take right now is that Stacy is is all right. That she last she was suffering from like maybe nightmares, delusions. She thought mm-hmm. she she was being shot at. She saw like the bull, the old damage, and and she thinks this neighborhood, and because her husband got shot up, and she's obsessed with crime. Like I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Um, and Mike and, just and didn't want to tell her. largely because of the previous episode, where she did seem genuinely concerned about his his health and well being, and the fact that he's spending all this money on her. Like, you know, it's one thing to lose your mind in a fit of, of panic and 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 say you got to get out of It's another to accept your father in law's like unending, you know, generosity. Uh huh. Like that. Like even maybe if she didn't and to squeeze it out of him. Yeah, too. I do I, I just don't think she's she's that type of person. I could be wrong. I
0: think wrong. I'm with you on that. I. I need to see a little more evidence. Um, yeah, but so far
1: I'm I'm going to give Stacey the benefit. And, and both things can be true because, like, I think Chuck, in some way, loves his brother, mm-hmm. but there's clearly more important things in his than 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 that that brother that brotherly love. So sure. it could be that she does care about Mike and doesn't want you know all things being equal to see him suffer, or be miserable. But also that she can, you know, she knows that she can. She's got him kind of wrapped around her finger, and she can squeeze him for whatever from from time to time.
0: Yeah, he's gonna have to start bringing the ice cream. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Chuck, Howard stops by Chuck's house with a thirty five year bottle of Macallan to congratulate their minor victory, and he's somehow able to snap Chuck out of his funk by appealing to a sense of pride. Uh, after Howard leaves, Chuck gets batteries out of his desk and begins pushing the limits of his illness. So this bottle actually dates the the series, right? Yeah. To two thousand
1: one. People I, had I,
0: a bunch of questions about that. It's two thousand one.
1: Right. Uh, confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean this this date stuff is like the least interesting thing to discuss about. But you're right, it's yet another. Yeah, and, and, time and also Vince it. the other thing is keep in mind Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould know them, they don't they they, they they care about as much about this date shit as I do. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're pretty good at making sure there's nothing conflicting, but they will fuck up from time to time in the script. So, sure, but you know, everything that they've said publicly says that this is taking five to six years before the events of Breaking Bad. So, that said, um, it is funny how crazy he's, bar- uh, you know, uh, buttering him up, referring, you know, comparing him to Clarence Darrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean this is the Scopes Monkey Trial that you're going to, you know, you're going to do all these uh, fantastic things and like think of all the injustices that might go un 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 unanswered. The best years of your life. Yeah, come on, man. I mean, he's entirely right. If this guy's the genius we've been told, then he needs to get back to practice and fucking law. And if this is, uh, and it, you know, like I don't know. I hate Chuck so much that when he's sitting there huddled under his blanket, acclimating himself to these. Oh, watch out! They're high energy ray- r- rayovacs. Uh-huh. Watch out! Next time he's going to work himself up to Duracell, and then fucking lithium poly. Who knows? Uh, but since it was, distrim- you know, proven in like a quasi court of law that this was all psychosomatic, like. I'm disappointed that his first step was... I guess he he does pick up and call, I guess, a therapist that used to see him, or a doctor. Yeah,
0: I think he knows. He knows.
1: He understands that
0: his illness is in his head now. Right. Um, And he's trying to... I guess he's doing a little bit of self therapy here at the beginning, but then he seeks actual professional help. And
1: he doesn't have a phone in his house, so that's, all that's got, why. Yeah. Now I don't know if he has to walk his ass halfway down the main drag of New Mexico to get to the the pay, a pay he could phone. Go out to hodgepodge. I know that, especially <laughs> especially in two thousand one, right? Like, there's a yeah. lot that it's very hard to find a payphone nowadays, but mm-hmm. fifteen years ago, they're not nearly as uncommon. That's true. So I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't, you know, one within a few blocks of his house. Yeah. Uh, Why you have to go through like the little Vegas portion of <laughs> of, of, of Albuquerque to get there? I, I don't know. Yeah, this bottle um, of scotch is actually
0: a surprisingly expensive bottle of scotch. I,
1: yeah, I, that's the first thing I looked up, um, and I found the where, where 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 pricings were you seeing the. The only one that I saw, I stopped at
0: one. I was like, okay, that's good enough. Uh, fifty seven hundred bucks. Okay, I for, saw for a a very
1: similar bottle, not, yeah. not like sixty
0: seven
1: yeah. McAllen. Oh, see, I look for just a thirty five year old bottle of McAllen or thir- into thir- I I because you know okay. if you this that's what that's fifteen years ago, so now yeah. it's a fifty year old bottle of Scotch, so it's probably even right. more expensive. But for sure. like I was seeing, like first of all, you just can't buy these at a store. No. Like most of the places I've seen, prices were like completed auctions mm-hmm. and things like that, and I saw anywhere from like four thousand to one was like twenty thousand euro. Yeah, the, the and I don't know what made That's that insane. in particular super special. Maybe it's like case was still intact and the seal. I don't know, but it's a lot. I I I, I imagine it did taste amazing though because. Probably. Yeah. They did sell me that, like you guys. Know, Chuck did the whole thing where, like you know, he sniffed it in and breathed that and got his whole palate engaged. He seems like a guy who can appreciate nice things, and he was appreciating it. So, uh,
0: one of the things that I appreciate the Breaking Breaking Bad Insider, better Better Call Saul Insider podcast for, um, is they talk about you know the production challenges involved in getting this bottle because, like you said, you can't just go buy this bottle. Right. So apparently what you can do instead of buying a full bottle is you can buy an empty bottle mm-hmm. and you can fill it with tea and then you can have your production department build a box painstakingly work lead. with Macallan to actually get right print print the what label the box would and, look and like. build this, this box to spec. Right. Um, uh, which is what they did. And I thought yeah. that was pretty, I, I guess you can't just use a on Oñejo here, yeah. but I'm not sure why. Yeah. Cause they've done this before. Right. And they, right. they just entirely made up a booze. Right. So I'm not sure why they didn't do that here instead of going to all the trouble, but that's what they did. I
1: don't know, because I guess it's – is it easier to come up with a crazy name for tequila like people that people would assume is high-end, but, like, you know, Scotch it would be something that we're more familiar with? And, like, if you have some kind of crazy faux Scotch-sounding name, people would be like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. What the fuck is uh McGee. 35-year-old McGee. What the <laughs> hell? 35-year-old uh, McGill. <laughs> McGill, yeah. McPoyle. <laughs> 35-year-old McPoyle is just is just curdled milk. <laughs> uh, then we go over back over to
0: Jimmy. Um, with Francesca's help, Jimmy informs each and every one of his clients that he's going to be taking a one-year sabbatical from the law. Then he calls the TV station to pull his Gimme Jimmy commercials. Uh, and later that night, he tells Kim that he has nine ads that he's going to have to eat the cost on. It's about 4000 bucks. And Kim begins talking about the overhead on the office as as if they should shut it down, uh, break the lease. And Jimmy says, no, nope, look, I will cover my end of the, the costs. The day we decide to shut this down is the day that I – or the day I come to you and say I don't have the money is the day we decide
1: on it. Who do it. you – so who do you think is right here? Uh – I don't think either one
0: is right or wrong. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, to Kim, that's that seems a perfectly reasonable thing right. to do. Right, Um Although every month that they go closer toward the end of the lease becomes less costly, I guess, to mm. break the lease. Right. Well, uh, more costly, right? Or more costly to break the lease uh-huh. as compared to just seeing out the lease. Right. Uh, but I don't think either one is right or wrong. What do you, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I was
1: just thinking like um – As a small business owner, there's this concept of a runway and sure. like I think so there's two two ways to look at it. Number one, if you got plenty of runway, maybe it's too soon to, to start panicking because clo- like downsizing closing shop like that has a negative psychological effect. Um, it feels like a to step back. It feels like like your own like like most of your entrepreneurial stuff is driven by your own personal energy. And to the extent that that gets sapped or like you, the wind is taken out of your sails, that can have a very real impact on on your business, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. On the other hand, if your runway is so short that you know you don't feel like you've got enough to take off, then that is a psychological stressor and negative thing all to its own because you're just now obsessed over every little nickel and dime. And if you, you know, if if you if you make some of these smart cuts to save pounds and and not cents, then then you're going to be in a better position to weather it. So like, I think that I, it's it's tough to say because I don't know what their financial situation is. Like judging well, from Jimmy's car, not good. <laughs> Right. I I think Jimmy's financial situation is dubious at best. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: for Kim nothing has changed. I mean she right. had the runway she had before
1: Jimmy's problems came up, you know. And I imagine that she's like I mean she just has the one client and that's the thing that's I guess is scary because Yeah they've they've had some kind of ominous things about like maybe this is going to come back around and hurt her and then she loses that one client and they're fucked mm-hmm. but if they don't lose that one client it seems like you know what is she billing out $250 an hour yeah
0: she's and she's fine. she's
1: working full time plus probably 70 hour weeks for these people that's a lot of money for a shitty former dentist office in the outskirts of Albuquerque i would think
0: yeah she doesn't she doesn't need um to to get out of this lease but i think it would be
1: smart if jimmy can't hold up his, Ooh, i did the, the back thing. of the envelope math on that and um she's she's clearing something like just under a million dollars yeah if Not, it's all billable and, and also yeah. and also um you know how long does this thing this mesa verde thing last like they're doing this big expansion when that's done yeah. are they going to retain her as outside council or is she going to have some kind of plan to kind of ease that off so I don't know yeah. it seems like that she's bringing in enough bank to like you know it it shouldn't it shouldn't be that big a concern to to sell the whole thing and I don't know it's it's tough to say plus the other thing that that you can't underestimate is how much in Jimmy's head is their relationship bound into this single building. Yeah. And that relationship kind of hangs by a thread at times and they're not even working at the same spot. And like, you know, how much easier is it going to be for her just to be like, you know what? This just isn't working.
0: Yeah. And it's very easy for him to also view this as Chuck, uh, a victory for Chuck. Right. If they have to shut down the shop and and Wexler McGill in whatever form it takes right now is completely gone. uh, I think he views that as Chuck winning. And he will do whatever he can for sure. Chuck not to win, yeah. not even just over him, but also over Kim, right? Like, right. He doesn't want Kim to have to take a step back yeah. because of Chuck. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The so whole he's reason he's in this he
1: thing is to help her out. So, yeah, yeah I, that's that's another good good uh, angle to take too. Um. W- so, what do you think about it, th- this idea that
0: accidentally running this commercial would have been a violation of his? bar agreement
1: i mean there there's a lot of bar shit wrapped up in like like i'm always amazed talking to my lawyer friends how some you know like like there's very there's there's stuff you can't do as far as advertising and i imagine if you currently are not legally allowed to practice law and you run a commercial soliciting your law services that could be you get in a lot of trouble I'm always amazed I mean, if you like don't Keller and Keller. Business, like like, like you're not supposed to guarantee an outcome, but what you can do is show yeah. a fictitious defendant shitting their pants at mm-hmm. the very mention and say, We better settle this one. How the yeah. fuck is that not promising an outcome? Uh huh. Your name There's is mentioned. Of the law, I guess. Pants are shat settlement offer is made. Mm-hmm. Like, how the fuck is that legal? How the you're all lawyers, how can that loophole still exist? I don't know. Speaking of Keller and Keller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would imagine that he would be in, and especially because he's kind of on like probably thin ice as part of this probit, you know, um, absolutely, yeah, yeah, but like it, part of his probation period. I think
0: it's an easy argument to say, look, before all this happened, I had these booked, I simply forgot about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't set out to violate your
1: stupid agreement. I mean, yeah. Like, but he that's would, a pretty easy argument to but make. But you'd have to the the make bar. the argument in front of a board that has the power to strip you for legal license. So, right. like, it's probably better to just...
0: Oh, it's definitely better. Especially yeah. if you're
1: talking about eating $5,000. Like, mm-hmm. that's a lot for Jimmy to eat, but it's a hell of a lot cheaper than getting your bar license reinstated. <laughs> than the things he would eat in prison, <laughs> potentially.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I also like that he realizes kind of how much people enjoy seeing him on TV uh-huh. um, and how much he surprisingly values the relationships that he's built with these elderly clientele, right? I mean, yes, they can be a bit to deal with at times, but overall I think he he likes the position he was in and he's going to miss that.
1: Yeah, I don't think he had any, I mean, I don't I'm not speaking as a lawyer, but I don't he probably didn't have to call these people individually. He probably could have sent them a form letter and just Yeah. You know, taken off into the sunset. I don't think he owed them that, although I could be wrong. Uh, so the fact that he did take the time to call, even though it was, you know, a, a lot of work and a lot of stress for him, I think does, sh- to your point, that he does kind of take his fiduciary responsibilities to these people fairly seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't care how he gets them as clients, like, he colors, I don't, but I don't think he does anything but his best to represent them. Yeah. And, like, I bet, for their, con- sure. I bet their wills are, are airtight and fully legal instruments, and even Kim Wexler wouldn't have much to say about them.
0: Yeah. I imagine. All right, Jimmy tries to sell the airtime that he's got to a local carpet business. They actually like the idea, but they don't go for it once Jimmy tells them that they have to decide right now, and we're going to make the
1: commercial in two and a half hours. No, it's a hell of a deal for what? 900 bucks for a, a slot. Later yeah. that
0: afternoon, yeah, why not?
1: Yeah, that's 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 a hell of a deal.
0: This company can afford that. It's a carpet company. But I also I'm like sure. the
1: whole like are you, you know, when he's like, Hey, we can have you on air by three twenty this afternoon, he's like, Are you suggesting we shoot a commercial in three hours? And Jimmy's like, Oh no. There's all kinds of post production and color balance <laughs> right. and all that stuff. <laughs> it won't take that long. But we would need to be shooting in fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you just like Oh, it's great. And and he like as soon as he says that, you can tell that he's lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that look at the end of the scene, yeah, is brilliant. It's great. It's great.
0: Uh, and and then you know he goes back out to the car, um, and the the makeup girl whose name I don't know comes up with the idea to shoot an ad for his ads, and Jimmy gets uh, kind sets of a about brilliant. It. Kind of brilliant. Yeah, I mean, essentially the makeup girl turns him into Saul Goodman. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: kinda. Um, yeah.
0: And, and I love how later on when they're actually shooting this this commercial, he looks at this. Camera guy, he's like, no, no, I'm not even gonna try it with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, woof,
1: no, right, yeah, because he's just not, not even gonna try the line. Yeah, and I, I like how terrible that the makeup girl was, and she's like, I thought you were president of drama club. She's just like, oh, treasurer.
0: Oh yeah, I guess that's not here, is it?
1: What? That's that's no, a later no, scene. No, it totally is. It totally is. Huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: um So they go, I guess, to the the TV station and shoot the actual thing. The
1: satellite depot. I'm not sure what you call that. Yeah. Uh, I mean... It's probably a cable company, actually. It's well, they
0: had a KBV or whatever, WKBV, uh-huh. whatever the station he mentioned that uh-huh. he's got the airtime on, Yeah, uh, their logo on the wall. Uh-huh. So it's probably like a, a broadcast station. I don't think it it's their office. They're going to walk
1: the tape over to, like, you know, uh, to the probably, ad department. Yeah. Like, Here you go, run it. It's 50, you know, you got 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's surprising, too. I don't think that you can literally hand... A local tv station some blank vhs tape and have him play whatever yeah they like have I, to I bet it. that there have to be vid has to go through legal and i mean
0: what if it was just him screaming fuck over and over right, in <laughs> right naked naked right.
1: with the visible erection and masturbating yeah, yeah i mean they would get sued out the ass for oh that. yeah totally totally They'd probably it'd be, ci- it'd be citizens or it'd be fcc violations or be all kinds of shitstorm so but that's boring and it's it's much yeah. f- more fun to s- think of Jimmy of just like you know just barely getting it in and turning his homework at the last minute. Yep. So I'll allow it. <laughs>
0: uh, we go over to Los Poyos, unloading a truck into the chicken ranch. I think this is the actual chicken ranch. Obviously, Why would it's you not think the that? set uh, because that's where they do this kind of stuff later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how much of his operation is in full swing here,
1: but he's presumably got several, he's got like, chicken I thought, ranches. What I thought this was supposed to be. Was the distribution center that Chow manages because it's got all those like
0: With the chemicals and stuff? Yeah, it's got but a, he
1: wouldn't have that until he does the laundry business, right? Well, but he's you know uh he's he, he's, he still needs a place to warehouses like chicken shit like because of the, all <laughs> all yeah, the but, stuff was <laughs> was herbs and spices essentially pallets full of that stuff. I was looking for the 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 black the 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 methylamine the the black barrels Mm. with the butterflies on. yeah i don't think he's got that yet no i don't know until the super lab but i I think that's what this location was supposed to supposed to suggest yeah
0: um okay I, i assumed it was chicken ranch but who knows
1: uh nacho under
0: orders from hector takes an extra brick and things get tense when uh with gus's goons and they decide to call gus for confirmation gus tells him let him have the brick uh So uh, we do see that the methods are not quite up to where Gus gets them later. Um, They store all this stuff underneath the floorboards of the truck Mm -hmm. instead of, like, in the batter buckets. I don't know, you know, the difference between – I mean, I assume they're doing meth here, right?
1: I think that's cocaine. I've always thought that's cocaine. I did too, but – Meth is not a white – But we
0: know that the meth he got from the doctor Uh or the drugs he got from the doctor was meth. Do we? Yeah, they said that on the instant on the insider cast. Well, that's
1: what they said, but I'm like, I don't know. That's where like I don't necessarily know that he is correct.
0: <laughs> Wait, the guy who made the fucking show I'm is saying that, like, I, there, says the
1: podcaster Aaron. What I'm man? Just, I don't know. I've never seen crystal meth in powder form. I haven't seen crystal meth in, cr- in crystal form. Honestly, okay. I don't yeah. know. But it's like I just I feel like if like can you ground sugar so fine that it looks like a powder like like it always know. like i've never seen like it be anything else than what I'd call describe as granulated i don't know
0: but i mean the methods they're using to store it regardless is is what i was getting so asked.
1: i said so what i what i thought was that gus has got this meth thing going and his trucks are at full capacity cuz all of his fry things are full mm-hmm. but he he can you know this is them making room that they're they've made these compartments oh, and they're be. filling them full yeah. of I saw some various suggestions. It could be iron oxide to make sure that the things didn't look uh, hollow in an x-ray. could yeah. be coffee grounds, although I didn't think it looked like any fucking coffee grounds I've ever seen. I wouldn't drink that coffee. There's this, like, specially inert silicate clay... That someone suggested It sounds like maybe he knows a little too much about smuggling drugs on Reddit. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but regardless, it's it's something I mean, it's it's something we're to understand probably does all those things. It keeps it yeah, from yeah. showing up as a void on the x-rays. It keeps the dogs from smelling it. And it's it's highly secure.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a smart move by Gus at the end of the scene not to put up a fight here. Just let temporarily let Hector have what he wants because yeah. this is not the time to move. On as you're
1: anymore. laying the groundwork to just further out compete them, right? Yeah, uh,
0: and Nacho definitely, you know, he's he's not as unhappy as he will get by the end of this episode, but he is increasingly more more and more unhappy.
1: I thought I thought Victor looked like a real badass in this scene with his quick draw of the gun. He did yeah. right to Nacho's head or Buddy, and they
0: made Tyrus look kind of like a fool. Did they? A little bit. He reaches for that bag, and Nacho's already gone <laughs> I with think it. that's
1: just because Tyrus is just doesn't... He's not as cool as, as Victor. Oh, I agree, yeah. Or as we call him, Tuvok. <laughs> right. Uh, But yeah, I, I thought he I thought that was a really... And I watched that scene a couple of times to see... I think they cheated a bit, because it looks like Jeremiah was pulling the gun before Nacho, before anybody had even grabbed for the bag. But uh-huh. But when you see it in full speed, it just looks like... Some Jason Bourne type shit.
0: It does. It was cool. Yeah. Um, what What does this say about Nacho and Gus's potential relationship?
1: Uh, good things. Good things. Because I- Nacho is like he's clearly terrified, uh-huh. but he's got ice water running through his veins. He's smart. He's tough. Uh, he's the ideal lieutenant for someone like like Gus. I, I was kind of getting and, and at... I'm, I'm wondering if that's not the role he doesn't end up playing, and then somehow he yeah. gets killed, and that that that's when, you know, later on, Mike is going to take the reins. Yeah, he could be collateral damage from the Hector stuff. True. It's possible. Although, we're pretty sure Nacho's still alive at the time, because although... I think so. Uh, if it's he's possible. dead in a desert... Hmm. Would Saul know about it? Because Saul's scared. He's like, is this about Ignacio? Tell him that I'm going to... Like, he thinks he's still alive. Right. But he's also an idiot, so I I don't... Like, he he could be, like I said, you know, feeding worms out in the desert, and, and Saul be none the wiser.
0: Well, there was some speculation about, you know, is, is Nacho doing this bob and weave in front of Hector when Mike's trying to snipe him because he's working with Gus? Like, what's the deal there? I don't think so. It It appeared to me
1: in this scene that Nacho was not working with Gus. It wouldn't, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise... Well, here's the thing. Because why would Gus be Nacho, so angry? And didn't Nacho want Mike to kill Hector?
0: Nacho sure wanted Mike to kill Hector.
1: Um, That was the I original think deal. so, yeah. And then well, Mike's the one that decided not to until they killed a civilian and it pissed him off so much he decided to go... So, I, I mean, I'm sympathetic yeah. to the theory that... Nacho told Gus that 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 Mike was coming after Hector, and Gus intervened somehow. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, clearly, uh, I don't think he's bobbing and weaving and putting. That's 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 a ridiculous part of the theory. But (laughs) you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I don't think they're working together, especially after this scene. Just doesn't seem like it to me. Uh, Man, Gus. Wow, he's checking out the laundromat. He is so yeah. blue shifted. I thought he's taking this phone call from five years in the past. Yeah, <laughs> like like it it, <laughs> it, 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 it it bounced off a sunspot and reflected off the vapor of Mercury, and he's taken it six years ago because that's usually Breaking Bad's language, right? Yeah, yeah. You or do, do call something song. to indicate it's a flashback. Yeah, but for whatever reason, they filtered
0: this all the hell and back. Yeah, uh, maybe they wanted to give it the that shade of meth. That crystal mm. blue shade yeah. as kind of a you know shout out to what it will become. Right. Um but yeah, he inspects a laundry facility, which we understand is the laundry facility he buys in Breaking Bad mm-hmm. um and turns into the super lab. Uh he goes out to a co- to the car and tells a woman that this is the place and this will do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you've watched Breaking Bad, you understand this is Lydia and mm-hmm. all that that implies. Uh there are just so many appearances in this episode. There sure know? are the super lab being one of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, that was cool. That was cool. And also the blue shift also is probably now that I think about it to further differentiate the cool Gus from the hothead hector cuz hector's layers all uh, warm yeah. colors and you know, it looks like any standard tex mex place. Yeah. Fish taco stand.
0: Then we go back over to Chuck. He's he bundles up in his space blanket looking like a depression era grandma on the bread line. <laughs> And he walks into the city to call his former, like doctor. a futuristic one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like for like, sure. like
1: if a depression hits a Blade Runner universe, mm-hmm. like if Ed what... Wood shot a depression era film, <laughs> <laughs> this is what they'd be wearing. Uh-huh. Uh huh.
0: Apparently, he's trying to get well, right? And I that's think the reason so. to call his former uh, therapist. I think so. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I- I'm trying to understand the motivation for it. Is the motivation to get well so he can? move on from he the has Jimmy to. thing. If he
1: wants to be Clarence Darrow, then he has right. to. But on the other yeah, you do suspect because I mean his whole performance, um McKean's performance there with Howard wasn't a man who's accepting I mean he did say two new beginnings, but he wasn't yeah. accepting or rejecting any of the truth that he was laying out there. So I mean it does seem and hard to believe that a guy before. as a bulldog as Chuck is going to let this go. Yeah. Uh, now the thing is, is he let it, like, what? what's going to pay off? Is it going to be petty revenge against Kim? Is it going to be petty revenge against his brother? Is it going to be him blowing his head off at the end of the season? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. But, you know, I would be more than happy to retire the fuck Chuck hashtag uh, if he does get himself some help and, like, is, is slightly less of a mess. Uh-huh. Slightly less of an asshole. I mean, they redeemed... They redeemed Howard like yeah. at, you know so i'm they can they can reveal a bit of backstory and honestly, all they'd have to do is give me a flashback of Jimmy literally robbing his dad blind, like if that's actually yeah. true, and a not,
0: montage of him stealing money from the cash, yeah register over yeah yeah, and over. yeah,
1: like they could win like I just don't believe that's true. I believe yeah. Chuck is the bigger villain in, in the the family drama story, but like they could prove that wrong, and then you know Chuck may maybe like that would be a real that would be a real reversal of how I feel about the two brothers.
0: Yeah. So Nacho tells Hector what happened at the chicken ranch. Hector tells Nacho he wants to use his father's upholstery business. Um, he wants to get him involved in smuggling the drugs as his own front. Uh, then he flips out when he gets word that Tuco stabbed a guy in jail. And broke a guard's jaw, <laughs> more to a the point. guard's jaw. Uh, it's too much for his old man body, and he <laughs> has to take some pills, one of which he drops on the floor, and Nacho hides it under his boot.
1: Slide of foot, the rarely you yeah. sleight of hand, but sleight of foot, very rare. He's very hard to pull off.
0: Really dexterous with his toes. You'd be he, surprised. He he's is. one of those
1: guys who can drive with his feet. He could certainly arm a nuclear submarine one one handed, one footed. He he was counting money under the table while he was <laughs> That's dealing with so crazy efficient. Eight. He's so efficient. <laughs> That's he rubber bands it with his feet <laughs> while he's counting with his hands. <laughs> uh,
0: so this is too far for Nacho, right? Najo isn't going to let this happen. He's not going to let his dad's upholstery
1: business be taken over by Hector. No, nor should he. Right. Nor should. Plus, because Hector's an idiot. Yeah, he is. Hector is is a hot... Even if he wasn't an idiot, he's a hothead, which is just as bad. So like, oh, take care of Poppy. He'll make so much. Oh, the fuck you will, old man. That's not what it's about, either. Until there's the slightest bit of heat, and then you liquidate his whole business and himself and all my family. Yeah, Yeah, no. uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Gus says that? Maybe Hector says that you start like checking and into fake passports and shit. Yeah, I I don't like it. Nacho doesn't like it. I feel so bad for Nacho's dad because he has no idea. He has yeah, no idea. He's
0: he's on the edge. He's on the brink mm-hmm. of disaster. Uh, then we go over to Jimmy, who books another ad client, and he tells Kim about his new business. And then he plays the commercial for her, Saul Goodman Productions.
1: Uh, the guy says he's never seen so many <laughs> star wipes in a row. Did you find it was like because I don't know if you got this far in the podcast, but Kelly Dixon revealed that like their high end video editor is incapable of making a star wipe. Yep. So, she, <laughs> so, so yeah. Just, so they they had manually do it or get the low end one out. No, what they did is she just did like the the for a placeholder they did like a diamond wipe and then they sent it over to the special effects department and they did like as a special effect the diamond wipes or the the star wipes. Wow, but I think it's pretty funny that they're you know whatever I forget what they're they're using, uh, not Final Cut Pro because they when Vince found out he goes see so why everybody's switching to Final Cut Pro and all the editors in the room started screaming so star wipes star wipes is all you got to do for the star wipes. So I saw this pointed out on Reddit and I thought it was pretty
0: cool. Uh, the getup that he's wearing is not just totally random. Yeah, it's all, it's, it's
1: assembled from this, the 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 geek squad. Right,
0: his crew. He's he's got the glasses of the makeup girl. He's got the vest of the sound guy and the hat yeah. of the cameraman. Yeah, and then
1: the goatee must have just come from the bag. Right, I suppose. The uh, it's it's so funny because. They were talking about this guy, this guy who plays the director, the the camera operator, who I think is a dead ringer for JJ J. Abrams. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to the extent that like I can't believe like they don't make that's not a deliberate inside joke, but they're like on they don't ever they're talking about how he reminds them of some dude from fil- film school and this and that. They're making all these I'm like just say JJ J. Abrams, please. Say JJ J. Abrams <laughs> cuz he looks just like JJ J. Abrams. Never they never do. it. I
0: think it reminds them of every person they've ever known in film school.
1: Right. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Like that's what I think of when I think of film school students.
1: Yeah. I mean he he, he is. He's just too cool for school. And yeah. you know, he's if he had the money to do he could do anything. He, he's the next Kubrick. Oh that's what they called him. They're like they called him uh, young Kubrick. Oh boy. Um yeah, and the, the other... one guy he does not look like? Stanley
0: Kubrick. No, Kubrick. not at all. Uh the other thing that I saw on Reddit that was an interesting proposition is that perhaps uh Saul Goodman Made the Tampico furniture commercial that Walter White talks about. Yes, reminisces about with Crazy Eight in the basement.
1: Yeah, we actually you're 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 drinking drinking a Uh, a listener's milkshake, but yeah, because because it's got the it's got the cheesy jingle too. Right, don't strain your (laughs) braino. What was it? It's like uh, if you want furniture, it's Blaino. Something just remember this (laughs) refrano. Right. Tampico Furniture, that's the name O. Like, yeah. it's, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that could be Saul Goodman. Yeah, totally. Totally. We'll have a segment on that in the feedback about what all Albuquerque businesses might shoot a better uh, 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 a Saul Goodman production. Okay, yeah. Uh, I also thought it was interesting where he's ta- talking to his first clients like, you know, don't show up and wear stripes or you'll more. Yeah. Or more A. Um, yeah. Is that a allusion to Jimmy wearing stripes, perhaps in the future in the prison? Because there's that's mm. the preseason publicity shots were all of him with these painted stripes on, very reminiscent to like a Monopoly Man jail suit. Yeah, it could be. Um, and also, isn't the, that? Um, hmm, I guess not. I thought the more I also had something to do with like the, the death or black or something like that too. Hmm. Uh, anyway, then if you don't know that, um, especially on old CRT uh, TV screens, if uh, the the stripes would sometimes interplay with the refresh rate and make a really weird, like you've you've probably seen it, like a really weird kind of uh, checkerboard pattern, yeah. to 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 appear, and they would even like kind of flicker and animate, and it's very very visually distracting, yeah. So you don't wear stripes on on the old school uh, TV sh- uh, screens. Yep.
0: I think that's it for the recap.
1: Oh, actually, I wanted to uh, talk about Jimmy and Kim's okay. relationship here. Yeah. Um, Jimmy's very shy about showing her this commercial. Is it just because it's it's so much ter- worse than the other commercial? Is it because she's going to – and this is related. What does she think of this? Mm-hmm. She has, like, a shocked look on her face. She's like, Saul Goodman, that guy has a lot of energy. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Huh, that's her reaction. And I couldn't tell it's because she's amazed at what this guy can do in a single day. Okay, that's probably part of it. She's scared that he's already on day one of probation taking an assumed name, which isn't uh-huh. illegal, and doing while he is doing some shady workings around the legally binding contract. hmm Certainly he
0: can't have registered the name Saul Goodman Productions as a company yet. Right. So who knows how that affects it. I don't
1: think that's illegal. Yeah, probably not. I mean, if if you don't pay taxes and Mm -hmm. you don't get a properly filled out DBA and all that stuff. But uh, I I don't know. I I was really trying to gauge her reaction. uh, Yeah, it's tough to know. Also romantically where are they at we know that i think they're still sleeping together um mm-hmm. but he suggested like you know half as a joke about like earlier in the episode spreading all our legal arguments out on the and rolling around naked to see what happens and she uh laughed at it of course it is a jokey suggestion but like i don't i just i don't feel like their chemistry is the same hmm. like i felt like they had really good chemistry in the first season then they fucked it up by starting the date and then it further got fucked up by all Jimmy's weird, emotional betrayals and the stuff with Chuck. And I, I I don't know. It feels like they're more roommates than anything at this point.
0: Yeah. I think it, it started to disintegrate back when, you know, Jimmy thought he was helping Kim out and got her sent to the the cornfield or whatever. Um, yeah. And, and she was working all that, those hours in the basement. And I feel like they kind of lost some connection there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it's been maintained as well as it could be throughout this past season or so. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think the cracks are starting to show a little bit. And he, Kim worries about him on a daily basis. Like, what what is he going to do? Hmm. N- not in the good way. Not in, like, the, oh, he's got a real hard situation coming up. What's he going to do about it? Like, I don't know that I trust Jimmy to do the right thing here, right. the legal correct thing. Yeah, right. Like To like, get out of the, the tough situation he's in.
1: Like, like, if this is what he's done day one yeah. of of his probation, what the hell is this going to look like 11 months from now? Yeah. Like, what kind of weird characters I'm going to have coming in and out of <laughs> our law office? And Yep. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's interesting. Okay, here's the ad, but you might want to skip it because it's something kind of unique this time. Uh, it's, it's going to be around the, 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 the barn way To introduce the club uh, So Jim and I at the start of the year Had an idea that we wanted to do This social experiment slash prank We wanted to cover a television show And do a podcast on it But we were only going to watch The previously on And next time on segments They show at the beginning and end of every episode mm-hmm. The experiment was Can we do a good podcast about that? <laughs> can we fool people into thinking it's a good podcast mm-hmm. what is the cognitive dissonance if you're a genuine fan of the show and you are listening to these two people that kind of sort of but not quite are getting what's going on in the show uh, and the, the, the piece de resistance is we picked the new teen drama on CW Riverdale yep the revamped Archie this this was based on the Archie it's, it, comics is revamped it's sexified Archie's banging Mrs. Grundy uh, and we did it we just did that and it turns out you can't make a good podcast <laughs> right so then towards the middle of it we just started simulating the downward spiral of amateur podcasts we experimented with our sound we experimented feedback we 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 let our emotions let really our, just get just the, best, get the of best of us, us. Yeah. We, we did ill we 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 cheated on our predictions segment there's like a lot of things <laughs> that went wrong and we chronicled <laughs> and here's the point here's the 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 club.baldmove.com tie in You'd be completely ignorant of all this happening because the where this experiment was conducted was on the VIP section of our forums because mm-hmm. we recruited them to give us an unfair iTunes advantage. We yeah. got a lot of extremely positive, glowing even reviews. So if you tuned into this podcast and you're like, these guys are – what the hell? Why do these have – why do they have a perfect five-star rating? I don't get it. Right. It was fun. It was fun. We had a ton of fun. Uh, we we recorded our research process. We recorded the actual recording of the podcast, which essentially was me and Jim making stuff up about Riverdale, and mm-hmm. we were cracking each other up. Uh, we've heard a lot of positive comments about it. But again, this is the kind of stuff you don't you, you miss out on. Uh, these are the kind of extra features. This is every time I was was talking about the cl- the club and then be like, oh, one of the the features of the VIP forums. There's a lot that goes on in there. That's where we vote on community commission stuff it's where we get feedback about you know how we're doing and w- new segments and new shows it's kind of a vital part of the bald move community and it's uh, it's catered toward the people to care the most the people who join the club so yeah
0: that that podcast if you want to check it out is called Ra Ra riverdale we masqueraded as alan joe two amateur podcasters first time podcasters yep uh, and we also recorded just for our club members a, a companion podcast called har har riverdale which was essentially explaining the jokes and and talking about the process and and I think it's a really interesting insight into where we like how we got to the end of that podcast. Yeah, but that's only for our club members. You can find that in the VIP forums.
1: Yeah, but, uh, but if you want to listen to raw and and the, we we to, to get everything seated properly, we actually watched the first episode. Right. So if you want to hear like what a bald move podcast coverage of the of Riverdale would sound like, that. That's how it starts, and then it just starts. It it goes descending into madness from there. So that sounds funny or interesting, and in truth, I think it's both. Uh, you can check it out at club.ballmove.com. Don't forget, you get a month free trial. So, uh, this is something you're super interested in. Sign up, check out the whole rah-rah Riverdale experiment, and then uh, cancel. See, should, you know, just uh, just take what we take what we give for free. Uh, but if you think it's worthy, then maybe stick around. Club.ballmove.com. All right. Are we ready for feedback? Yeah. And send feedback to BetterCastAll at com. Joey's up front. Hey, Aaron, just listened to your last podcast. You and Jim noted that you still don't understand the bingo line from Kim at the end of 304. I think I get it. And to be fair, we had a lot of listeners write us in with this this, this a very similar suggestion. I just This is the the first one, so... Chuck has Jimmy dead to rights on the breaking entry and destruction of property angle, and Jimmy's even officially confessed to it. The hearing could be as simple as reading Jimmy's confession. Kim saying, please be merciful, and the prosecution saying, please punish him, because the facts are established. But Chuck feels that Jimmy's disbarment is not a sure thing if they leave it at that, so he wants to introduce destruction of evidence, which is especially as an officer of the court would be damning and would justify disbarment and not just a suspension. Without the tape in its context, destruction of evidence is not clear. Therefore, Chuck and Hamlin work hard to include mention of the tape in the PPD and go out of their way to make the context of the tape a big part of the hearing. On the other side, Jimmy and Kim have no real way to introduce the tape and the brotherly relationship and Chuck's mental state into their end of the trial. So they allow Chuck to introduce it, all the while pretending they don't want it. This allows them, which the script takes great pains to make clear, to cross-examine Chuck and the tape's wider context, which is only possible because Chuck went there first. Thus, when uh, Kim becomes sure that this is Chuck's strategy at the end of three hundred four, she tells Jimmy Bingo. Hmm. So to to wrap it up, in his words, he says essentially Chuck says, "I'll raise you to destruction of evidence," and Jimmy says, "I'll see your destruction of evidence and raise you a mentally ill brother." It's not a crafty multi level caper, but it all it does make legal sense, and I, I guess that makes yeah. sense because they were. Can you imagine if the tape wasn't an evidence if if Chuck's like or if Jimmy's like, well, you gotta understand my my brother's just a real asshole. Mm-hmm. Like they were pretty they were writing pretty hard against that particular tape, take. <laughs> tape take. And it was only after that got you know, essentially what this guy said. I don't know why I'm explaining yeah, it, makes it again. Sense. That made a lot of sense. And thank you for clearing that up, Joe. Uh Christian G. Uh like me. Uh, I am somewhat poz- puzzled about Jimmy and Kim's relationship. Up until this episode of season three, there's nothing to indicate that they were still romantically linked. Uh, and that was limited to a tussled bed and then brushing their teeth side by side. For Kim to put her professional relationship and even career on the line for Jimmy, I would think they could spend a little time showing us that they mean more to one another than close friends with benefits. And even that was limited to one kiss, if I'm remembering correctly. Do they live together? That doesn't seem to be the case since they spent the night in jail recently and she didn't think anything was fishy until Ernie showed up at her office to fill her in. I think that's because she's sleeping at the office. Yeah. When she comforts Jimmy and uh, offers up her legal help uh, after she finds out about the PPD, it is limited to holding hands with a distance between them. I would think that even a kiss was not warranted. At least a hug would have been. Uh, Kim and Jimmy's relationship seems awkwardly written even in Breaking Bad with it's action packed pacing you saw a sex scene and some tenderness between Walt and Skyler to show that they were still a loving couple at least in the beginning again Kim is risking so much for Jimmy a little nookier physical affection would seem to be warranted to illustrate that their relationship is deeper than just good friends who share an office space I mean since I just said that it's feeling like they're coming off as roommates I can't help but agree yeah um like instead of popping champagne, like what if they gotten into their office after besting Chuck and just ripped the clothes off each other and fucked?
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose so. Do you? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Friends friends with benefits seems like a an apt way to describe it. Well, and I think that,
1: to Christian's point, I guess this is intentional. Like, I don't yeah. think that they like if they wanted to show this as like a steamy you know, romance. Yeah. Um, they would. <laughs> yeah. Cause even like you said, Skylar and Walt, they, they got together in several different situations and it seemed like it was always fueled by like the danger of the situation. And like, they showed that that kind of like weird chemistry. Yeah. I don't,
0: I don't think citing breaking bad as an example of
1: healthy, uh, lust, is... but they had chemistry is the thing. They <laughs> okay. had chemistry and like, and I, They'll I did always feel chemistry. like these people had chemistry in spades and now, like that's got to be an actor thing, right? Like I don't think you can fake chemistry, but I guess you can pour cold water over it in your acting job. Sure. Yeah. Or I don't know, maybe two actors sufficiently talented can can fake chemistry. I don't know. Sure. Um, let's see. Mike B. from Denver. Uh, yes, Jim and Aaron, you are double dumbasses, or maybe you're just too young. Lenny's Repair, if you recall, someone put that as a joke in a, in, uh, in the email, and it just went over our heads. Lenny's Repair yeah. is a reference to Michael McKean's character in a 1970 show called Laverne and Shirley. Of course, of right. course. McKean played a character named Lenny. He had a friend named Squiggy. Um, and I, I... I know that because, like, I'm not old enough to be a contemporary of that, but I do remember being on when I was, like, sick, like, kind of like uh, that and the Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres and De Brady Bunch would show, like, in the mornings before mm-hmm. the soap operas proper started. Um, but I, I thought I thought his character was Squiggy for some reason, so I didn't get the Lenny reference. Yeah. So I'm I'm too young or too stupid. I've never seen that show. I Whichever.
0: I just heard about it on Reddit somewhere.
1: Uh, Alex C. from New York City. Which Breaking Bad universe do you think we're most likely to see a Saul Goodman production commercial from? I put my money on Tampico Furniture, or Tampico Furniture, and I sure hope there's discussion about the jingle. Runners up, Ignacio's dad's upholstery business. A1A car wash, complete with an eyebrows cameo.
0: Yeah, I don't know about
1: that. Laser tag, presumably with uh, a Danny appearance. The nail salon, mm-hmm. veterinarian business, vacuum repair, the doghouse drive-in, Los Pollos Hermanos. No way. They're way too. Yeah, they, they, they're upscale. They got I mean, a fish. I've seen the Los Pollos Hermanos commercial, and it's it's better. Yeah. Uh, dark horse candidate, uh, Davis in Maine, because we sure did see a lot of that mug this episode. Um, what do you think? I, I could get down at the doghouse drive-in. That would be pretty sweet. The the hot dog, the chili dog place. Yeah,
0: yeah, I could see that.
1: A, the A one A the the car wash would be pretty, especially if you can get Bog Donovan. That uh-huh. would be awesome. Uh-huh. The nail salon, like the you know that would be that would be pretty funny. I'm trying to think if there's anything like outside the box. How about Vamos Pets?
0: I, so I think I, I think some of these would be just too. Too much like a Tuco, knocking on Tuco's mm. door, right? Um, like the A1A car wash shouldn't be on the radar of of being used because it's not until Breaking Bad that that becomes a thing. Well, okay. Right?
1: So would you allow then the laser tag and nail salon because there, right. those are part of Jimmy's world and yeah. he, that would be things that he would probably try. Those would be <laughs> connections he'd try to push.
0: For sure, and I can't even... The commercial that Jimmy would come up with for a laser yeah. tag arena would be fucking amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of excited oh. about it.
0: So, him in some floppy headgear uh-huh. with a gun and
1: uh-huh. he's got like a, like, I see, I rolling I'm, around. I'm, Oh, so he's got like amazing. a colander strap to his head. So, it's uh, high tech. And, <laughs> uh, him and Danny there. Um, it'd be incredible. Just fog and lasers <laughs> everywhere. Sure, sure. Uh, so you don't like the, you don't like the, um, by that by that logic you don't you wouldn't like the vet business since that's
0: I mean that's, that's more
1: of Mike's deal, I guess. Yeah. The vacuum repair would be right out because yeah. why wouldn't the hell would you shine a spotlight on that? Right. Uh, Ignacio's like dad's upholstery, like I Maybe. Why but why?
0: I don't know. Like I mean not he's just trying to get, to get not- his, Yeah, why? That's, yeah, that's a good question. Ignacio's
1: trying to get keep his dad out of the public eye and trying to keep it, like well, how would a commercial I, I can see why it helped Jimmy because it sells a slot, but how would that help his dad? Right, and if it's just like, like I, I'm, I'm with I'm with you here that if it's just to be like, huh, huh, we know this, huh? Yeah, uh, Tampico furniture. Uh, that, that Tampico, lines, I could yeah. also see that you because think so? because the, the jingle they've they've established the fact that he's got one of those cheesy. terrible local yeah. cheesy jingles, mm-hmm. um, and also it's 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 further like this is another strip mining the past to make the the future bright. Uh, they did the whole gag where all the f- First, the, all the first the season episode titles ended with the O, mm-hmm. and you've got the "Don't strain your braino" for furniture. Does bueno, right? You know, just re- remember this refreno Like that, that's kind of would also be thematic. So I'd ex- I would accept the mm-hmm. Tampico Furniture commercial as
0: well. That sounds like a jingle that's written in fifteen minutes,
1: right? Plus, they've already got Max or on, so like he could. Yeah. It'd be hilarious if he's doing it and he's got like the remnants of a black eye. Like you can tell that these the makeup girls made him up but he's still got like the remnants of a black eye and... Wait, but weren't those commercials like super old? Wasn't he like a
0: kid when he was when those commercials were airing? Were they? I, want
1: to, I don't man, I'd have to I did. go back I, and watch I, that scene. I watched the scene, but it was just like the 30 seconds of Walt and him yeah. singing the, the, the thing. <laughs> right. Because I'm like, I bet I can search for Tampico Jingle. Uh, and Sure enough, first result on YouTube. I, I didn't get the context of it. As, as I recall, he was like super young uh,
0: when that was happening. So I don't think Max today could play but he also, Max that age.
1: But he also, well, wait. Max is already that age. If he shoots a commercial today, Max is like crazy eight for better or worse. Is the age he is,
0: right? But now. what I what I mean is, I don't think they could shoot Max as like a thirteen
1: year old. No, I don't think they. I don't think they would. I'm saying yeah. like Max would just be the contemporary Max working at Tepeco Furniture would be in the commercial.
0: But I think. I think the com- commercial is older than that.
1: Oh, well, if you... If... As, as I recall, but I, I couldn't be but sure. But the, the other thing is, I think, it didn't uh, Crazy 8 also say that his dad was, like, a terrible businessman? Yeah. Uh, so, like, him jumping on a <laughs> Saul Goodman production, kind of, like, I, I just feel like that 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 fits pretty well. Yeah, it's possible. And, you know, I don't, I'm not quite sure about your 13-year-old. Uh, uh, that That's just based on a memory. Faulty. So, Faulty, to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, plus, like, or maybe it's... Uh, Maybe it's going to be one of those things where his dad's like, "Hey, remember those old commercials? Let's do another one." Or I don't know. I, I want yeah, to see to bring back the jingle. I want to. I want to see him bring back the jingle, for sure. I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. What's that? Like, why doesn't Burger King bring back the mm. Where's the Beef or Taco Bell yeah. get run back? It's been like twenty years. Yo-Kiero. I'm ready for yokiro Taco Bell dog to come back. I'm ready for Spuds mckinsey to come back. All <laughs> right, yeah. I'm ready for the, the Bud bowl to come back. Ah, the Noid can go <laughs> fucking. I think I think the Noid's screwed because like, did you hear that? Like, some crazy guy took over like a Pizza or a Domino's. Or, like, there was like a like a murder suicide involved in the ad campaign. Involved with the Noid? Yeah. Was it the Noid? I don't. It's something that drove a guy crazy and he committed suicide or something, or maybe shot up a. Wow. Uh, uh, what is that? Is that Domino's deal? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think he's coming back. I don't yeah. think he's coming back. All right. But yeah, like run some of the classics back, man. Not to pay Don Draper for new new ideas all the time. Just run them back. All right, Barry C from the UK. This episode felt like a season opener. What with a course case out of the way, Jimmy sidelined from the law for a year, no immediate plot for Mike, Gus starting in the inevitable war with Hector, and the start of a betrayal by Nacho and Chuck taking his first steps to make himself better. These all felt like the start of new stories, which that might be another reason why I liked it so much, as it did feel like you know, like that's part of the breath of fresh air. It's like ooh, all, yeah. all these new two new beginnings, as Chuck said. Yep. Um, With the introduction of Saul Goodman, the inevitable injuring of Hector, and no doubt Jimmy having to dip his toes in a criminal underworld to make ends meet for a year, I have a gut feeling the final four episodes might see the plot advance quickly with a possible time jump to bring us closer to the Breaking Bad timeline.
0: Yeah, there's also – one of the things my girlfriend mentioned while watching this is there's the inevitable September 11th thing that happens the year this is taking place. So, to ignore that seems a little bit uh, unrealistic. To go too deep into it seems a little I don't know. uh, Pointless, but like if they time jump past it,
1: I would be okay with it. But here's the thing. I think they have to dispose of Kim and Chuck. Mm
0: -hmm. And by
1: dispose I mean that those Lines. lines have to be dead and buried and or at least put on where like you could conceivably Jimmy has no contact with them for years if you're going to flash it forward. Yeah. Because like if they're if if like him and Jimmy are in the middle of like a relationship or you know the the like like him and Chuck haven't made amends or just you know confirmed this like we're just never going to speak to each other, it would feel weird to come back 3 years later and either they're just gone or they're still the, like like let's just put on pause. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, that's that's the reason George Martin got in so much trouble with Feast of Crows and Dance of Dragons, because he originally intended to go right from the third book five-year jump forward in time and get on to the story, but then he started, when he's writing it, it's like, well, shit. It doesn't make sense that this person's been cooling their heels for five years, and this person hasn't, and yeah. this person's not stable enough, and there's no way anyone wouldn't believe that Cersei could do that. And then he's had, got trapped into making all that stuff work, and that's why we haven't gotten novels for forever. <laughs> um, I could see... Vince Gilligan getting into those lot, the lot of same trouble if they don't park these plot lines properly. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of alliteration. Uh, yeah, it's a tough thing <laughs> to do
0: as well. Yeah. Uh, not the yeah. alliteration. I'm all
1: but... for it, because I do think if you jump forward... There's, there's three timelines that are interesting that I can see. Uh, this timeline, where you actually see Jimmy becoming Saul. Mm-hmm. The Breaking Bad timeline, because... By all accounts- Saul was kind of just like a two bit huckster lawyer, nothing really interesting beyond accident claims and d u i s until Walter White showed up in his office, and then the gene timeline yeah and then there's nothing to say they can't like jump to some intermediate point in between those first two and like play around with entirely new stuff, but like you know, you're still going to have Gus lurking in the background and Tuco and the cousins. And is that going to be interesting to see Jimmy, you know, Jimmy just haplessly ease into the life of Saul Goodman? Right. I don't know. Yeah. And as much
0: as I I think this series is about the struggle of Jimmy, um, I don't think you can jump too far forward because you miss out on the journey. And I think yeah. the journey is the story here. Um. You know, the the end goal, I guess, is Saul Goodman, as we know him in Breaking Bad. And if you skip too much of that, I feel like you lose the essence of the transformation, right? Like, wh- where I guess, where are the boring parts that you can skip? And if you're, you're right. making this story up kind of as, as they go, which is, you know, what they tend to do... Um, I suppose they could build in gaps that just make sense that Jimmy for a year would have no activities really. Right. Um, I thought that they might try and go that direction with this whole PPD thing.
1: Yeah, just like, um, hey,
0: flat, time to flash forward. But but then there's the nagging question of like how did Jimmy survive a year without how conning and getting right and getting arrested right for, for
1: misdeeds because that's what he does so I mean they could have they, they, they talked about this in the insider podcast they could have they, they talked about like things that they could do with him like he could be a used car salesman he could yeah. be uh, the, the the funniest one they did is uh, he was selling uh, double wide uh, mobile homes oh, boy. Buy, buy half get the, set for the second half free like you know. <laughs> And and you could conceivably – like, you could show him selling, like, his first used car sales, and then, like, 12 months later, hot damn, I got my legal license back. Like, yeah. You know, like, it's – but but it's so weird they chose this commercial thing where now it's, like, people, like, I don't want you to park it here. I want to see some yeah. of this. I want to see Saul Goodman Productions. at Whereas, you know, you see Jimmy sell one shitty car, mm-hmm. you've seen him sell them all, essentially. Just, like <laughs> – you see him close the deal with one old person, you've, you know, it would be tedious to watch right. 20 different contract, you know, or, or, or will signings, you know. Yeah. But um, – Yeah, and I wonder
0: where the drama is going to come from mm-hmm. um, in this. I mean, it could potentially come from just the way that he makes these shady, shady commercials. Um, but they set it up so perfectly because he just naturally leans into the thing he's been doing all along, right. which is – you know, being a little sleazy and making commercials mm-hmm. it just it it's so much better than a used car salesman right oh, just yeah. like something out of the blue yeah uh, it makes perfect sense for that character. and it allows
1: Peter Gould and Vince Gilligan to have a lot of fun you know playing with the conventions of filmmaking yeah like yeah just, it does. just just like hey, just you know because like we recently did and did a project where we we made a podcast like uh it's too, it's too hard to explain. We essentially <laughs> made a podcast pretending we're first time podcasters, making all the mistakes a first time podcast were making it's fun. Yeah. It's super fun to be somewhat proficient at something and then go back and, and like poke fun at your beginning mistakes. And I'm yeah. sure yeah. Vince and Peter have their share of film school disasters and like personal experiences that they could throw in there and have Jimmy relive and it would be you know, you just you just essentially take their lives and you put Bob Odenkirk in it and it's hilarious. Yeah. I have heard I I wasn't a big Mr. Show fan, but I hear that that was one of the highlights, like their fake commercials. People on Reddit were really going crazy about, like, oh, man, this is like Mr. Show, and I didn't get any of that stuff. I haven't seen it, yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, John K., the next few episodes will introduce more friction between – he's making some predictions here. The next few episodes will start to introduce more friction between Jimmy and Saul and Kim. It seems that Kim enjoys Saul's antics in small doses as almost stress relief – but if all she sees is Saul, she may grow tired of the irresponsible and borderline immoral behavior, and more and more cracks will form. Uh, he he presumes that Chuck will die, and the death of that will be a burden that will be put on Jimmy and will make things even worse, and it may be enough to drive Kim away for good. Um, I think that's a pretty broad prediction, an easy one, that there'll be friction in Kim and Jimmy's Yeah, I think that first one
0: is basically a lock. Um, yeah. The second one
1: is just a shot in the dark essentially I mean I do think that I, I I find it hard to believe that Chuck will end this a healthy whole individual yeah I could see him in a mental institution I could see him hospitalized I could see him dead um and maybe not in like a classic suicide like maybe um, like he's, he's pushing himself too hard and he's on the sidewalk and he has an attack and he stumbles out in the street, gets hit by a bus. Like it doesn't have to be as dark as him putting the gun to his head, blowing his brains out.
0: Uh-huh. Um, maybe he's on an airplane that,
1: uh, Q crashes into another plane. Oh <laughs> 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 man. He died in that crash. Yeah. That, that, that would be worth the flash forward <laughs> if he's on the 737. Yep. All right. Let's, let's make that happen. Um, <laughs> He also opines that we will not get a Hector in a wheelchair reveal until late in Season 4 or 5. I feel like they keep dropping breadcrumbs, or pills in this case, mm-hmm. to this eventual outcome, but they can literally drag this out until the final moments of the entire series. That is, until they jump to <clears throat> either current day, Breaking Bad, or the Cinnabon Days of Gene. Uh, what do you think about that one? I feel like, I feel like it's a pretty broad window you're giving
0: yourself seasons four or five it's essentially the rest of the show oh, right well, there's true. like six episodes but before I, that i man. think his
1: uh <laughs> i think his his broader point is and here's where i disagree with him because the way hank and gomi talk about hector uh, is he's a washed up has-been yeah yeah if he was involved in a drug running game as recently as like a year ago, they wouldn't talk about him that way. They'd be like, oh, this guy was like fucking the boss until he had a stroke and now he can't keep shitting himself. Like, Yeah, that's true. I just feel like the way they talked about him, that he was like out of the game for a long time. And long time, like five years is even kind of pushing it. So yeah. I feel like sooner rather than later. Because the other thing is this is just not tenable. The situation with Nacho is is not good. They've got they've taken care of Tuco for a nice long time. Yeah. But but this Hector situation has to be dealt with. Or Nacho's not going to survive and his 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 uh, dad's business isn't going to survive, which I guess there's nothing to say that they can't just destroy all that. Is it possible that Gus would kill Nacho to keep him from killing Hector? Would kill Nacho to keep him from kill. Of course. I mean, are you asking me if, if Gus is that ruthless? Yes, yes he is.
0: I, I guess I'm asking, do you think the show would would go that direction? In the future because I could see, you know, much like they were watching Mike and stopped him, Nacho now has an opportunity with this pill to ricin him, to poison him somehow, whatever. Gus might be watching that as well.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing. Like the, the if 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 his head explodes like a tomato can in Mexico, uh-huh. the cartel's going to be all over that. If yeah. a man with obvious health problems is and's taking pills like candy, if he keels over dead or of a massive stroke, I don't even know what the cartel thinks. Like like, I think why Gus would might you see
0: that as an opportunity rather than a, a bad? Yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: I, I I feel like he'd be fuck yeah, do that. Um, because like, how in the world can that? Just like the Mike thing, that's like plausible deniability. Yeah. Um. I don't have this capability. How could you accuse me of doing this? This is the D. You just got unlucky at the border stop. Like, the U.S. government was the instrument of, of your downfall here. If if your biology is... So, I, yeah, I, I yeah. think that that's... And, and that's going to be a sooner rather than later. I don't think... Of course, you know, this show is Kinda famous for be. having Rison hanging around forever. <laughs> right. Or not this show. That's It's it's, it's, it's a predecessor, successor. Yeah, whatever it sequel, is. Sequel, <laughs> sequel, prequel. Uh-huh. Uh, the original, the OG. Um, so, like, you know, I would have never thought that that would have been a plot line for as long as it freaking was. Yeah. But, they, you know, it, it was a long, long time. Uh, Kevin H. I don't think Nacho makes it to the end of the series, but I also don't think that he's killed. Since mm-hmm. Nacho is plainly conflicted by what Hector is pressuring him into, he's going to start making moves against the cartel. Sooner or later, Nacho will become a marked man by the cartel, if not by Hector, at least. And to avoid being killed, he will, through machinations yet to be revealed, enlist the surfaces of the Disappearer.
0: <laughs> Clearly okay. the
1: vacuum cleaner shop guy isn't on Jimmy's radar yet, so there is come has to come a time when Jimmy learns about him in some way, even though in Breaking Bad it's established that Saul never personally met him when arranging with a client. This also gives reason for Saul to sell out Nacho in the desert with Walt and Jesse in Breaking Bad. Because Jimmy Saw would know at that point in time that Nacho was gone and smart enough to stay gone. So there's no harm in selling a dude down the river when that dude will never be found. That's an interesting theory. Because they're right. Part of this, what's been fun about the show, is seeing Jimmy make all these connections that he'll later use. So it stands a reason Vince will show him becoming acquainted with the vacuum repair guy. And Nacho's the clearest and present threat. You know, we know he's not an active part of Breaking Bad universe. I mean, he's mm-hmm. mentioned, but he's not an active part. I it, it, it tracks clean for me. Yeah, it just doesn't have much support.
0: <laughs> like, what? Hmm. Uh, the the only thing supporting it is we know that somehow, some way. Saul has to get connected with this vacuum cleaner guy. Well, and also the, though
1: in a very impersonal way. And the way Saul talks about Nacho in that that very brief scene is it like I said in the beginning it doesn't seem like he's dead. Right. So if he's gone you know, but he might be back at some point for yeah. vengeance or like Jimmy fucked him over somehow and before he got disappeared. Like, I, you're right. It doesn't have it's a like lot us guessing
0: it, how Jimmy becomes Saul. You know, right. we never would have guessed this. No, no one. Right.
1: No one had him just pulling this out of his ass on a last minute commercial shoot. Right. So if you, if you had that, turn it in for all the Internet <laughs> points. Uh-huh. But I don't think anyone did. All right, well, that's it. That's all. We're done with the prediction. The legal department took the week off since there was essentially no legal. And I wonder if there will be going forward, how much legal machinations. I mean, Kim's still got a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. And there, I believe, is going to be some fallout from that. Probably, yeah. So maybe the, the maybe they'll have to, to come back next week off vacation. But yeah. uh, if you'd like to send feedback, as always, bettercastsall at baldmove.com. Uh, We'll be back next week to discuss what I'm sure is going to be another awesome episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't forget, uh, on uh, Fridays and sometimes Mondays, we do the Who Won the Week. If you watch all the shows, Fargo and Leftovers and Better Call Call Saul, and you want to hear who we thought won, uh, check that out, uh, because that's coming. Uh, But until then, we will see you later. Yep, see you.